Let's spread a song so you can sing along with my special guest star too. For two, you like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today are two very special returning guests. They are the hosts of the Drama Podcast, and they were also on the episode that we may have fought over on La La Land. It's Connor and Dylan McDowell, everyone! The twins are back! (laughs) Hello, welcome. Thank you for having us back. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for coming back. I'm so so used... You're, you're oh, I, I was gonna say I'm so used to saying "Welcome to Drama" when I start recording. Uh-huh. So I did you see Dylan said "Welcome"? Yeah, yeah, I was like, "Oh, you're you're such a regular here now that um, <laughs> you're welcoming yourself." Yeah, uh, he's been on every episode. Didn't you know this? Well, not as many as Jason <laughs> Kerr, but <laughs> no, Jason Kerr has been on double digits now. I think I don't know. I lost count after two. That's um, impressive. But last time you all were here, you were like, "We got to do." the Grey's Anatomy episode. Right, which I was shocked that no one had covered it yet. Y'all have covered Riverdale and their train wreck <laughs> musical episodes, but not the Grey's Anatomy hey, 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 episode? Hey, 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 I will stand behind the next to normal one. <gasps> oh, what a hill to die on, John. Wait, I haven't heard your episode on that one yet. Did it come out oh, yet? Yes, yes. Okay. It's actually very good. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not they, gonna lie. Also, I will say, I do like that they had the writers help with the rewrites to fit this storyline i feel like, like didn't though, tom kit and brian yorkie work on it i didn't read that but i feel like the oh. woman who writes basically all their musical episodes tessa williams i feel like she may or may not be a fan because i tag her in everything whenever we do a riverdale episode amazing <laughs> so, one way or another she's learning about this podcast and whether or not she actually <laughs> listened to us is remains to be seen but i like to say she did but anyway well, cut the bit where i call them train wrecks because they are camp as hell and i listen to their oh. edwig and their uh, so carry tracks it. all the time not the heathers one how not heathers you? how dare you sorry how dare anyway <laughs> i could go on for riverdale for hours but we don't have enough time uh, we're here to do the Grey's Anatomy Season 7, Episode 18 song. Nope. Episode called Song Beneath the Song. Uh, it was written by Shonda Rhimes, surprisingly. Like, I, I, I was like, this has, this has to be a mistake. I know she's the showrunner and creator and everything. Nope. She wrote this episode. Wow. Directed by Tony Phelan. Ooh, I'm bad with last names. And it premiered on March 31st, 2021. And according to IMDb, I gotta get my glasses. I'm so blind right now. <laughs> I think you meant 2011. 2011, yes. I'm very blind. I, I misread that. So it came out March 31st, 2011. Oh, God, this is going to be a weird episode, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and this is the IMDb. I, I did not have a hand in writing this. Uh, In a series first, the music that has been at the heart of the show and been uh, beloved by fans comes to life for Grey's Anatomy, the music event. Now, that's not the name of the episode, but we'll get we'll we'll get back to that in a second. 
A cataclysmic event rattles the doctors of Seattle Grace to the core as Callie, on the verge of an enormous life-changing moment with Arizona, envisions her hospital and friends as it has never been seen before. Chasing cars, Snow Patrol, How to Save a Life, The Fray, and the story, Brandy Carlisle, Carlisle, are among the songs performed by the cast. <laughs> are you, oh, first and foremost, are you two avid fans of the show? Oh, avid. Avid. I mean, we are on the show as it's on life support right now. We're still watching. <laughs> Dylan, is this season 18 right now? I, yeah, either 17 or 18. We're the ones administering oxygen to the show while it's still hooked up to its ventilator. I mean, I stopped watching it after season two. <laughs> so, so, so this was, but you you were familiar with the characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some yeah. of them. Yeah. Some of them. Um, you know, uh, Sa- uh, Sandra O, oh, Ellen Pompeo, uh, McSteamy, and, yeah. uh, and, um, uh, crap. The doctor that, like, has brass balls played by Chandra uh, Wilson. Yeah. Um, her the, character. Uh, yes, and then this is, yes, Dr. Bailey. And, and then, ooh, there was another guy there that I think is like the chief of the hospital. Yes, yes. Chief Weber. Yes. Richard Weber. They were like the ones I knew. And like I knew Sarah Ramirez was on the show for a while. Um, and Kay with Walsh. Uh, Walsh, yes. Yeah. You're I know so her. close with these names, John. You, I, I can tell you have so much information in your head that like well, it becomes a little blurry. I gotta say though, I did watch this episode twice because I was, the first time I just wanted to watch it blind, you know, no writing, no nothing. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, it was pretty, it was a pretty decent episode. I, oh, I am literally, my jaw's on the floor. I thought we were gonna have another battle today. I did too. No, no, no. Like, okay, um, there were things like it was hard to find flats personally for this episode like this specific one because like i'm not invested in it so i don't really know things Mm -hmm. sure but like i'm assuming that sarah ramirez's character slept with what's his name but is about to marry what's her name yeah yes basically yeah in the episode before there are all the storylines, the huge storylines are converging. I remember they even were playing an Adele song in the car because this was the same year that Adele's 21 album came out. And I remember watching it and I don't remember if it was Turning Tables or someone like you. I forget what song it was. And in the car, Arizona, played by Jessica Capshaw, who's famously Steven Spielberg's daughter, she proposes to Callie, who is pregnant by her best friend, Dr. Mark mcsteamy who's played by eric dane who's currently nate jacob's father on euphoria but we'll get to that later anyway so callie is going to have the baby and they're in the car and callie's not wearing her seatbelt. and arizona proposes and then episode ends cliffhanger car crash and then the next one opens with i mean it's 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 awful it's just awful it's and, a brutal scene and i yes. it's interesting you said earlier about how it takes place in callie's mind because if, if that, that was the IMDb, I had I I I have questions about yeah. the musical moments. Agreed, and that's what's interesting for me too. Because if it were just Callie singing, it would be fine. But the way the other character storylines are kind of existing in music as well doesn't make so much sense. But I'm willing to move on from it because I 
I love the episode. <laughs> so I want to uh, get the elephant out of the room real quick. Yeah. Do you feel like they tried so hard not to be like that Scrubs episode? They did. They wanted to be more like the Buffy episode from the research that I've done. Really? Mm-hmm. Have you have you covered that one on your show before? Both of them, yes. Both of okay. them. So I've not watched Once More with Feeling the much beloved Buffy episode because I know one day I'm going to binge watch Buffy from start to finish and I've never seen an episode, so I can't compare it to that. But oh. I want to be there. Can I be there when you do it? Yeah, do we want to podcast it? Does Sarah Michelle Geller sing in that episode? Yes, she does. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. So, yeah, what they did here is they don't have the main character of Grey's Anatomy as the central point of this episode. They have Sada Ramirez singing, which they, of course, won a Tony Award in 2005 for Stamalot. They were the Lady of the Lake. Yes, and, and also uh, Chandra Wilson has been in a bunch of musicals too. Yeah, the original so that's why, Change. Yeah, that's why she that's why she gets a lot of the songs, but also rightfully so. But like, I couldn't find anyone else's theater, like musical theater credits. The few of them did plays on Broadway, but like, uh, what's his name? Kevin McKidd. I didn't hate his voice. He's giving Russell Crowe in Les Mis, but, (laughs) but I agree. I think at times he does. I think at other points he gives, he gives a lot. And it's, it's a really interesting concept, I think, because the show was, you know, in its seventh season, it was maybe getting a little stale. Maybe Shonda was feeling inspired, but I believe that they did the the origin story behind the episode is that there was a benefit concert during the writer's strike in which they had the cast in support of the writers do a concert of the music and then all the proceeds. That's what the Grey's Anatomy, the music event was. And that's why I think that was probably the working title for the episode. And then but in that event, there were other Shondaland stars in it, including Audra McDonald, who was on Private Practice, the spinoff of Grey's Anatomy. I don't care. She's Audra fucking McDonald. The she's first God. spinoff. I know, right? And obviously, it wouldn't have nest. It could have made sense actually to have her on this episode, but they only had the major singers being Sara Ramirez and Chandra Wilson. They found out that is it Kyler Lee. I Ch- never have known how to pronounce Lexi Gray's real name. Kyler uh, or Kyler? Is I, it Skyler? I have it's no C-H-Y, idea. right? Shyler? Sh- Why don't we call her by her character name of Lexi? Great, um, Lexi. Yeah, yes, Lexi Gray. She's little Gray. Um, okay, I just looked it up. It's Kyler. Kyler, okay. Oh, she sings Breathe 2 a.m. She does. She does. <laughs> Beautifully. <laughs> Yeah, she tried. Yeah, it. I mean, I I'm so used to Anna Nalik's version, though. So I like, know. I mean, we have that playing in my head. Plus, that came, was in one of my favorite episodes of Grey's Anatomy, uh, which is the two parter. It's the end of the world as we know it. Mm-hmm. And so the this bomb one, episode, right? One, the first one, I think. Yeah, because <laughs> apparently they've had a a million more afterwards. Well. Variations. Gotta, there gotta, have been, I think, bomb threats, perhaps, mm. recently. But like, I mean, it's eighteen seasons. I'm surprised. I'm not surprised that they regurgitated storylines after that long. Mm. Uh, so when I found out all these songs were on past episodes, I had to find out, um, you know, which ones. And it's surprising that like a lot of them seem like they come from season two. Yes, definitely. 
which I but, think it was be, it was getting a name for itself as like premiering songs that would do really well on iTunes afterwards. So one of the things that I wrote down, like, wasn't the opening credits song Fru Fru's Let Go? It, it was. Am I thinking of the right show? I don't know if that's what it's called. I've always just known it as like the Grey's theme song, which is that like, nobody so let knows. Go, go, let go, let go. No, I don't think that's it. No. It's the one with Dylan was just beautifully Dylan singing again. Well, I wasn't saying. I was just saying it's it's like it's like nobody knows where they might end up. Nobody knows, and it's like this very. You have to sing it. No, no, no. I'm not going to sing it because I I don't have. I, I'm not warmed up. <laughs> I'm not either. But, but but it's amazing because they the theme song went away after the first couple seasons, and then this episode, of course, the first musical moment we hear is Callie singing the first words of the original Grey's Anatomy that's theme song. That's what that was. Okay. Yes. Yes. I was like, that's not chasing cars. I don't know what no. that is. No. Yeah, it's the original theme song that we have not seen or heard in years, but I think that's just a remarkable way of like being like, this is the world we're about to enter. They don't stick to that throughout the episode, but I think that it's really cool. And obviously Sara Ramirez is an insane vocalist. They yes. can sing anything. And and I think an argument could be made they should have been the only ones singing. But I think when you have Chandra Wilson and Kyler and I guess Kevin, I think that it was worth Okay. And you know casting. who you know who else had me gagged the house down boots with their surprise vocals? Ellen Pompeo. I, I thought Ellen she, could have done more. She yeah. could have done more. She told and I actually read an article doing some little prep for you. That they asked her to do more. And she was like, no, I'm not a real singer. Like, give the singing parts to the real singers. But she was down to do whatever they wanted her to do, which I think is... That's so nice, too, that, cute. like, she's not like... it. Ha- it's my show, so, like, you know, um, she didn't, like, pull a diva moment or anything. Mm-hmm. Which would have been great for your podcast. I know. You know, <laughs> I think what's interesting about this episode is it, it like a good musical... The music does forward the story and yeah. for the most part, because if you were to watch the next episode, you'd see that Mark and Lexi, the Eric Dane and Kyler Lee characters, their relationship is mended in this episode. We, we get a little bit further along with Meredith's pregnancy storyline or attempted preg- attempt at getting pregnancy. And obviously it helps mend the relationship as well between Arizona and Eric Sloan, Mark Mark Sloan, sorry, Eric Dane, Mark Sloan, as they're like these, this modern family of they're going to bring this child into the world with Callie. So I think it was successful in those ways. Now, when it came out, it was much maligned. People were just all over the place. I read that on the IMDb trivia where it said it was the lowest rated episode until season 11. Where I don't know what happens in season 11 Hmm. because I haven't seen it. But season 11 was. Derek Shepard's final season. That's yeah, when um that's why. when Patrick Dempsey left the show. But I'm curious about which episode that could have been. Maybe it was in a slump before before yeah. he left, and then people started watching or stopped watching. But yeah, people hated it, and we were watching Grey's in real time at at that part of, point of our lives. And I remember just being so excited for it as these little musical theater geeks, and being blown away specifically by. Sara Ramirez singing the story at the end of the episode. It That's is so beautiful. Breathtaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
full like Nina West stomping through the halls of the Gray Sloan Memorial Hospital, which it is called now. It used to be called um, Seattle Grace Hospital. Seattle Grace Mercy West, or as they say, Mercy Death in the episode. Oh, right. Well, first it was Seattle Grace. Anyway, but that performance is amazing. Absolutely amazing. I actually remember hearing that when Sarah won the Tony back in the day, they were offered any ABC TV show they wanted. And of course, Grace was... The hot the show, right? So they created Dr. Callie Torres, who was, uh, it was, I mean, it was great, great run for many, many years. Yeah, I saw that the Callie was on, or Sara was on for like uh, six years, seven years, something like that, which is a long, yeah. t- a nice, nice chunk of time, you know, yeah. some good money, maybe even more than that. Yeah, it was, it was a really good run. But did you think though that these were these songs that they should have picked, like? Given the concept, you know, they are picking songs that were in previous episodes. Do you feel like there could have been a better song or more songs even? Well, there is an iconic moment. Season three finale. um, Christina is at the altar. She's getting married to Burke and Burke famously leaves her at the altar. But they had written him out of the show in real life because he was being homophobic towards the bad man. Um, yeah, that I that I remember. Yeah, mm-hmm. I forget what the actor's name. Who the guy who played George um, T. Sterling? T. R. Knight. I'm like Sterling. Who's Sterling? Sterling Knight. Is that another actor? Anyway, it is. Yeah, uh, it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah, from uh, This Is Us, right? No, that's that's Sterling K. Brown. Sterling Knight <laughs> was on like a Disney Channel show with Demi Lovato. <laughs> I've combined many men into one here, but anyway. Burke was rude to him, so they wrote Burke out. But in the finale, Christina's at the altar famously and then gets stood up. And when she realizes she's been stood up, Ingrid Michaelson's All We Can Do Is Keep Breathing is playing. Or is it Colby mm-hmm. Collet? Keep Breathing by Ingrid Keep Michaelson. Breathing. Yeah. It is so good. But I guess I had to pick a breathing song for this one, whether it was the one that um, Lexi sang or that one. Because that musical moment in season three is out of this world moving and it goes on for what could only be described as 10 minutes because they put all this story in between it and they just like vamp over and over again but then christina famously has a panic attack and she's like cut me out of my dress and um that's a good that's a good song what do you think dylan can you think of any others you know the the big ones were like the fray snow patrol i think they got the big ones and then they were sort of left with like well what can we use that might fit the story and my flat of the episode is one of those and that's how we operate but i think <laughs> it is an absolutely insane Sorry, it's moment so stupid. it is so stupid and it's, it's become a bit of a twitter meme over the years like just the insanity of that moment and just his singing which god bless him he's amazing but well so that kind of goes back to my what i was asking earlier which is what are the rules of this episode because like scrubs it was all in her head and so every time there was a musical scene, she, the patient uh, played by ooh, Stephanie, Stephanie, um, uh, crap. She was in Avenue Q originally. Stephanie oh. DeBruzzo. Yeah, Stephanie DeBruzzo. She um, is in every scene that then they have a musical moment. In the okay. Buffy the in like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, they you come to find out that it's a spoiler sorry it's a it's a spell that they're on yeah right right um and that's and popular s- culture connor that shouldn't be a big surprise right i know so that part. yeah yeah so with this one though there are scenes where there are songs happening with sarah's body at least present because right. you know like when they're when when um i'm sorry they them pronouns for yes. sarah okay mm-hmm. 
when their when their body is on the operating table and like seven thousand times, you know, everyone starts singing <laughs> here and there. But in like how we operate, her their body is not represented anywhere, and they just bust out into song. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> right. It was just I a don't... strange moment, and I don't even think that song is known from Grace. Like, I don't even know the song at all. I don't remember what scene it was from. Apparently, so it was one of two songs from uh, an episode called Deterioration of the the Fight or Flight Response. The other one being Universe and You. Okay, which is in this one. And and I thought works beautifully in this one. Yeah. But I I gotta say, so I found like a a wiki fan like Grey's Anatomy page where they list all the songs in every episode and uh Anna Nail uh nope Kate ha- Havnevik I'm uh-huh. pronouncing her last name butchering it she is one of the few artists that appears periodically on this list and one of her songs Unlike Me which is in As We Know It like beautiful it's a beautiful scene where after the bomb goes off that's the song that plays while they're showering uh meredith yeah and that was a song that i was like that should have been in this episode yeah and it could have worked because it's sort of like an after the the disaster type song mm-hmm. you know and it there was a lot of moments where characters were sort of reckoning with this fact that callie might die the baby might die and it would have worked um whereas I, I i think that it should have just been all ballads and it would have worked fine running on sunshine was weird as hell it's the that was... where all the couples start hooking up and you have a rare random appearance by daniel sanjata who is in like every other network show ever um as a nurse nurse eli and it's just he he was singing it was weird it was very and, and dancing a little bit which yeah. i was like oh my god they're totally giving the guest star you know he's a recurring part this because no one else probably wanted to do it. Patrick right. Dempsey did not want to be doing choreography. No. And they didn't have no. Sandra Oh sing either. But I guess that was a personal choice. She said that... There um, were four doctors who didn't sing. Okay. Um, oh, crap. Let's see if I can find that, find that trivia part again. Um, maybe we can think of it. I think it was Sandra Oh. I think... Patrick Dempsey, I, um, I don't think, sang, did he? Uh, so, doctor names. Ready? Mm-hmm. Avery, Yang, Derek, and Weber are the only doctors who do not sing. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. So. But they did have m- character moments, which I thought was nice. Oh, so yeah. They were still featured throughout. Yeah. It was, it was a moment in time. And I think that because they didn't stick to a good format, it's why people must have not reacted well. Because it's not like Glee wasn't on the air. You know, and it's not like we hadn't had right. other shows other medical shows for that matter with musical episodes so i think it was just weird that the characters were singing to each other like in how we operate and running on sunshine and well yeah and then also with with chasing cars like i didn't understand why those people were singing along like obviously uh uh, Chandra Wilson is a great singer so they wanted to showcase her uh-huh. as much as they can but I didn't understand like why those like that's why I had to watch it a second time because I was like maybe I missed something this first time nope I did it <laughs> I think it was like this is going to be our principal singing cast I think that was sort of that what that number was there for 
Oh my God. You know, the other yeah. thought that I had when I first watched it was like, oh, it's their storylines. Cause you know, the big one will be um, Callie, yeah. which obviously that's, that's the driving force. And then I was like, okay, so then, you know, Shonda Wilson, her character will have like a big part. And so will, you know, McScotty dreamy or whatever yeah. his, his little <laughs> moniker was like, they, nope, not, none, neither of them had big, bigger roles than yeah what they assumed that's so, so true it feels like too correct me if i'm wrong this is like one of the well might be one of the only moment like sh- um episodes of the show where it's like uh, one character is the driving force for the whole episode At i mean this i point, can't yeah. i can't speak for anything there's else a, there, yeah. there's an episode and i think season nine where meredith does 60 minutes in the ER and it's basically just Ellen Pompeo's frantic like jumping from case to case to case in one hour in the emergency room. I remember them switching up that but other than that I think you're right. Because you know everyone is affected or talking about what's happening to Callie. Mm-hmm. Like, uh-huh. um, there is no other like the only other storyline we get is when Ellen Pompeo is in the I, I keep calling them by her character. Like, That's okay. That's okay. The, the actors. Uh, Ellen Papeo's in the elevator with McDreamy and she's asking these questions that for a briefest of brief seconds, I was like, is this Ellen Pompeo actually asking these questions or is it Meredith Grey <laughs> asking these questions? I think that it was the sort of the thesis statement of the episode. Because it's like, what is going on? And yeah. I was just like, yes, girl. Like, I mean, you're in a soap opera. I'm sorry to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, yes, and and I think that that you had to have an elevator scene in the musical episode. I mean, come on, like that's you had to have had to have an on call moment. I think it was great. Um, can I talk about what my what my uh, high note? What was it called? The high note or the sharper? Sharps. Yeah, yes. I mean, we could do it. You, you can. You, we'll break format for this one. You can do it now <gasps> if you want. Sorry, 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 no, 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 no. We'll keep talking about the song. No, we'll keep format. We'll keep format. Keep um. <clears throat> Yeah, I love, 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 love How to Save a Life. I feel like it all comes together. It feels like the finale. If if the story is like the 11 o'clock number that comes after the finale, How to Save a Life, I mean, that's a song everyone associates with Grey's Anatomy. To have the cast singing in this, like, company moment in unison at one point, it honestly warms my soul. I literally love it so much when... So I- um, how did y'all feel though? Like when the song would happen, but then it would cut away and the song is still happening very softly, but like there's a scene happening, you know? So for example, like how we operate, he's singing along, they close the door and you have uh, Meredith, Karev and Yang just like hanging out on the outskirts because are they still in med school or are they like they're residents they're they're residents at this point i didn't have issues with it because as such a gray's anatomy fan that would happen like montages cutting away to a scene kind of breaking up the action and then going back to the montage or whatever is my mic cutting out a lot can you guys hear that no you're fine i feel like i'm hearing like a clicking and i'm getting a little bit nervous because this mic has broken before Oh no, don't tempt fate. Just keep going. Keep talking. But anyway, I so I wasn't that bothered by it. I don't know. Dylan, what did you think? No, I agree. I think one of the the key like things that happens in every single Grey's Anatomy episode is a song starts in one scene and it carries over in another scene into another scene and then it comes back to the one it started with. I think it's called non-diegetic music. 
or diegetic music? Diegetic. Yeah. And so it worked for this. It's like, okay, there's multiple scenes happening, but the song is playing. Whereas I think for a lot of the other, and that happens with a lot of the songs in this, but it didn't bother me at all because I think we've been trained to be used to that. So do you feel though that like they could have done like a mashup of songs? Yeah, they, they, they should have. Like we totally. mentioned the Ingrid song, Keep Breathing, that could have been mashed up with Breathe, 2 a.m. So yeah. Yeah, because I mean, obviously uh, in this cast, there are the ones that like could sing or that are were like, I can sing. Yeah, sure. But um, I don't know. I just felt like, you know, there's a lot of emotions going on that they could have had a cacophony of sound happening where literally every person is singing something different, which would have been very interesting. More like Glee, <laughs> you know, different things happening. Not more like Glee though. Like, like, um, like in that, in, in, towards the end when um, How to Save a Life happens, mm-hmm. if they didn't have it, have How to Save a Life then, like maybe like have every single person start singing something different. And like, it's, that is their, in that one case, day, like one, one day, day more. more. Yeah. Yeah. But like, not, not one song. It's all, like, like somebody was saying how to save a life. Somebody else was saying breathe. Somebody else was oh. saying let go. Somebody else was saying this and that. So it's like they're all having these emotions. Um, to quote Zoe's, like to pull a phrase from Zoe's extraordinary playlist, it's their heart songs, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, I feel like that's what this sh- this episode was trying to do as well. Like there are they were having heart songs, but sometimes it didn't work out. <laughs> Agreed. I feel like they took a big swing, had some big misses, but overall created a iconic and memorable episode of television that lives on for better or worse for Grey's Anatomy fans. I took a Snapchat of the TV while I was watching it and I sent it to a lot of my friends that I know have seen Grey's and not a single one of them responded positively. In fact, my friend Laura literally responded and said, worst episode ever. Are you really? <laughs> I mean, I again, I don't have anything really to base it off of. Yeah. Uh, besides, you know, being a fan of musical movies and TV shows. So, I mean, I feel like I wish I knew what the rules were with, but like overall it's pretty decent. I mean, could have been worse. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Agree. And in a world where we have ni- 19 seasons of Grey's, coming on 19, not seasons of Grey's Anatomy, I think it's okay that there's one hour that's a little bit different during your binge. Yeah. Um, Right? I felt like it was a brisk episode. Maybe it's because I was watching so like rapturously and the songs really moved it along. But I feel like sometimes these dramas can be so overwrought and the writing can be so cheesy, especially with the way that Grey's is now. There's certainly a formula to every episode. Oh. And this was just so nice. And I, and I was like, oh my God, it's only 44 minutes and it's over. You know, it was nice. It was... I mean, I'm so ha- I'm happy I found it on on the Netflix at the time of this viewing. So, um, no commercials or anything. Yes. But like, I don't know. I do you? Okay, so you both have watched all, if not almost all, episodes of Grey's Anatomy at this point. Uh, have do you feel like a musical episode was warranted? And if so, was this the right time for it? warranted hard to say i wonder if there was like a character who would sometimes sing karaoke at joe's bar across the street or something it could have been a more natural foray into like 
singing because none of the characters have any sort of singing interest. You know, on some shows like like Riverdale, where they do sing a lot. So it makes sense that the show does musical episodes. Um, but honestly, I don't know, because it is so different than every other episode. There are other Grey's Anatomy episodes that take different risks. There's an episode in, I think, season eight or maybe nine. It's after the shooting where they have a documentary crew at the hospital. And the yeah. whole episode is filmed from, like, docu-style from people we've never met before, but just in the hospital and they took a risk on that. They did the 60 minute in the ER episode with Ellen Pompeo. They did a fantasy sequin episode in like season 13 or 14, where it was all about like being in the room where it happened. Hamilton vibes, which was when Shonda was obsessed with Hamilton for an entire season and named literally every single title yeah. of every single episode after a Hamilton song. And then <laughs> yeah, even named like a, a character Eliza. Yeah. Cause oh, she was so obsessed. No. But anyway, I don't know where I was going with this, but I don't no, yeah. know if it was warranted. Um, I think it was. At its core, Grey's, the music moves the story and the emotion so much that I'm willing to just remember that and be like, no, the music of Grey's makes the emotions really heart heart sing, as you said, John. So if they do another musical episode this upcoming, this new season, how would we feel? I think that it wouldn't be as outlandish. However, I don't know if there's any strong vocalists left in the cast. That It was really jarring to watch this now. This was like, you know, 10 years ago at this point, and maybe a little less. And almost none of those characters are on the show anymore. Um, it's almost 11 years ago. Oh. Thank you very oh. much. God, wow. Were we juniors in high school, I remember. Yeah, yes. Sophomores like, or no, juniors. Chandra, Chandra and Kevin are still on the show. That's true. And but Ellen. I think that it was based around Sada. And so when you have like it, that opening line, not opening line, but like after the cold open, when Callie's laying there and she goes, oh, I miss music. Did you guys watch it with, with subtitles? The second time, yes. And she doesn't, she, she whispers like, Calliope means music. Yes. Yes. Because okay. I mean, at first, when the first time I was watching it, I thought she was saying, do you hear the music? I thought that the first time too. And then I went back and turned on subtitles. And that's why they named the baby Calliope because it means music. Wait, that's the, an insane line. Well, that's Callie's I can't, name. That's Callie's I can't name. believe that. Does, I can't does, believe Callie does, says that. Does the baby live? The baby yes. lives. Her name is Sophia. Uh, Callie's name is Calliope. <laughs> and see i thought it was like a shortening for california because I, I started giggling when i was like arizona's proposing to california what <laughs> no but arizona does that annoying thing where someone only the person who's dating that person calls them by their full name like everyone else calls cali cali but arizona for some reason unknown to everyone else calls cali calliope she's allowed to <laughs> That's what like anyone in an annoying couple calls their significant other who goes by a nickname, but everyone calls, or, but they're the only one who calls them by their full name. As somebody who goes by a nickname in my everyday life, only a few people can say my my real name. So there it is. So. That's the reason. Yeah, yeah. that's well, the reason. Sophia I, does go on to live a robust and wonderful life. life. Yeah. Right. Oh, thank God. E- <laughs> even after her mother's and. Well, her father tragically passes after a plane accident, but... What? A lot of, a few of the characters in this episode die via plane accident, and a few of them just leave. Dakota's <laughs> plane accident, it's a full plane crash, crash. over over um, wilderness that's very unknown and unseen. A deciduous forest, some so would say. Basically, their contracts <laughs> were up, and they were like, you're never coming back. Goodbye. That was, yeah, and that was yeah. just a quick way to get rid of... Eric Dane, Kyler <laughs> Lee, 
um jessica capshaw lost a leg um Someone it's all became true. mechanical in the wild. Like it was very odd. It was a strange Christine, time. But... Christina Yang drank her own piss. It's really, it, you know, for, for people listening to this episode who have never seen Grey's Anatomy, go watch, I think it's a season eight finale, The Plane Crash, because you will be shaken to your core. And oh, heck, God, this, I need to start rewatching this show now. Like, just well, it's, it's so, so good. good. It's so good. And the episodes are so short, like compared to like what we have now on TV, on like HBO, true. everything's an hour. Like this is like 44 minutes it flies it's so and they're all really interesting especially those first 10 years were really good dylan i feel like we're pitching the series as a whole and we're really getting off topic i'm so sorry John. Yeah, because we're talking about i don't this episode. that's we're about this fine episode. i mean i ask questions about things because you know i'm intrigued like the baby was born at week 22 or whatever it was like that's shocking and scary and what did you think of like the the scenes that were non-musical like the scene where eric dane yells at Sorry, Mark Sloan yells at Arizona and says, you're nothing to this child. You're so, not okay, yeah. okay. I'm glad you brought that up because I felt like there are some issues that this episode is tackling. And I think they did it, they talked about it kind of well in a way. I think so. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, that one that you just mentioned where <laughs> Arizona is literally nothing to this child that's being born mm-hmm. Le- like by like a legal standpoint or anything like that like because um what's his nuts and Callie are the biological parents of this child mm-hmm. and so this child will have their DNA and everything and so it brought up a great issue about like queer the queer community where you know um people of the same gender or or like transgendered people who are not biologically the person's child have to deal with this. And so mm-hmm. that one line spoke a lot of volumes for me. For yeah. me. And I love that he changed and make his up mind 10 minutes later via song. <laughs> you know, yes. like it's, yeah. he's able to work through it all throughout the music. So I think that's, what's helpful to it. And she helps it helps the baby's life and everything. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of doctor she is, but she's a ped doctor. a pediatric doctor. Oh, nice. And what does he do? He's a plastic surgeon. Plastics. Ah, got it. Okay. And I need to say, he's a good singer. There was something about the tone of his voice that was so natural from his speaking voice that I felt was like life. during how to save a life. Eric Dane had me gagged. You I mean, know who I, else had me surprised him, but... a little bit? Karev, mm-hmm. he surprised me a lot because I that little growl in his voice. Yeah, because I didn't expect him to have like be able to be like willing to sing. First of all, at least the character, because oh yeah, what I remember of the character, he's kind of like an asshole and a little bit of a womanizer. Yeah. But like, yeah, cool yeah, with it? he does. <laughs> I, I love that you remember things about the characters i know but it's so funny in some in some part of my brain i was thinking would a katherine heigl have been singing on this episode oh, no. if if izzy no. was still on the show because she was in season six she was in a couple episodes so i wonder if they would have you know had her singing and who can but say if they kept tr knight he's a broadway person so yes he would have sang probably wasn't he in spam a lot as well sure at some point <laughs> maybe, maybe he wasn't he was in the movie version of hello again which was all singing which also yeah. starred audra mcdonald circle yes. everyone i never I seen know. it i've never seen hello again <gasps> is that bad 
No, it's not. It's not well known. Okay. Was it like a direct to release type feature? Yes. Yes, I think it lasted like a week or two in theaters, and then it left. And like, and by theaters, I mean like art houses. <laughs> and this yeah. is pre-pandemic. It was like oh, like, way before like the, the pandemic. 19, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it. I also did an episode on it with Jason Kerr. Again, another circle that I just closed I know. everyone. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, I want to close the circle myself. You said if they did it now, would the events or circumstances warrant it? And mm-hmm. I just don't think so. It has become a show that, really? that even, even though it, it has a lot of crazy moments, there's no, it lives in a different reality now because there's a spinoff that runs in tandem with it called Station 19 about the firefighters in Seattle. Mm. and i just don't think that you could have something happen in one of the episodes without it affecting the other although they have some singers they did at least up until this point they had oak from hamilton and they had the young woman who was in groundhog day opposite andy carl um so, i mean barrett, barrett something yeah, barrett um doss i mean that could be an interesting event if it's a crossover. And, and you know what? If it's a crossover, because they do, it's the same format for for Station. Dil- it's great. Dylan, Dil- Dil- you're t- tapping into something interesting here, though, about the way Grays exists as a show now. I feel as if we've been with these characters for, I mean, some of them almost 20 years. They've grown up in such a way that the show has lost a lot of whimsy. And it's it's a very serious show, especially... I know you were wondering, John, they did a COVID season last year where they truly tackled COVID and Meredith Grey was in a COVID coma for the entire thing. And they replaced her body with a doll that looked very much like her. And Ellen (laughs) clocked maybe five days on set. It's really it's really troubling. But anyway, they decided to do COVID and now they live in a world where magically everyone said yes to the vaccine. And we have moved into a new phase of life, truly post pandemic. And they put a disclaimer at the end of every episode that's like. We're living in a world where we imagine that that we've beaten the virus or whatever. But and they say it much better than I do. But the show is just really it it the whimsy is gone. And I think the show was had still had quirkiness back then. So the post pandemic episode didn't start with them singing Summer of the Rainbow. <laughs> you're saying? <laughs> no. They missed no. the opportunity to do that. Okay. They did. I, feel, I mean, I the way that you guys make it sound like this show has done every style, every storyline that they possibly could, sometimes twice. I feel like, though, I, I challenge them, you know, do another, do it, do it, a musical episode. I know you're listening, Grey's Anatomy. And as a crossover, I think as a crossover event, because they're always trying to do those. And, and there's, you know... Plus, how else they am I going to lure you guys onto my podcast besides talking about fucking Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. We'll be back in a heartbeat for that one. But um, it's, I think it's definitely possible. And it could be a great way to get people to watch the show again, because I don't know if it was said this on IMDb, but I read on Wikipedia, a, a very credible source, that it was like the second most episode watched episode of the season. So... Um, I didn't see that, but what I did read is that the album debuted as number 24 in the Billboard 200, and it reached number two in the U.S. soundtrack chart, as well as the story hit the Billboard Hot 100 at number 69. Nice. Love. Nice. (laughs) You know, Che Diaz, who who Sara plays on, and just like that, would appreciate that. That it was sixty nine. Do you watch? Katie Diaz like would love that. No, I don't watch it. You don't watch it. Okay, okay, yeah. Sara is on that show now. Thank and- God. I do feel as if I need to give a disclaimer that Sara Ramirez's career has really 
I feel as if we'll think of them differently now forever because they played the iconic role of Callie Torres, but now they're playing the infamous and not beloved role of Che Diaz on the Sex and the City follow-up series and just like that. Wait, I just thought about how she could make it up to us. Okay. Tell me, tell me. She plays Marble on the Wicked movie. Oh, that would be amazing. Come on. That would be amazing. But Come there's on. not enough singing to be... You know what? I wonder if we'll Sara fucking rewrite it for, for her. <laughs> Wouldn't Sara slay the... Oh, oh yes. Yes. Yes, oh but Sara will slay any role in that. God, she'll, let's see them do a one-person show of Wicked. You know Honestly. the producers will pay for it. <laughs> yeah. I think that, that, that they deserve to have a singing show or singing role in some capacity and and make it a non-binary character you know that's where sarah is at now is in their identity journey so sorry sometimes they say sarah sometimes they say sarah i just can never i want to say it right you know so you say it every which way besides sarah uh (laughs) is there anything else y'all want to talk about with this gray's anatomy episode before getting sharp and quiet i don't think so great let's do it now we can get into it. Flat. In this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. Dylan, you've been waiting patiently. I'm going to let you go first with your sharp. My sharp is how to save a life. Connor kind of touched on this earlier. It is the moment where the entire cast pretty much sings. And the show is known for being an ensemble piece. And this is an ensemble number. And we... I did not get through it without getting chills or tearing up by the end. It was so good. I will say that one. And then the last song, um, the story, like hit the emotional chords in me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, big sharp. Any sharp. other sharps? Uh, Dylan, you got? Um, nothing musically, but a, a sharp for me, it was just the way that they did the, the way that they had the, well, I suppose it is musically, the opening theme song come back. And it was a nice Aww. treat for Grey's fans. That's that's a nice Easter egg that I didn't know about. It does, mm-hmm. n- it didn't appear anywhere on my very limited research. <laughs> that's so interesting. I wonder if it's because it's not on the soundtrack. May- well, because it's only like a second. Maybe that's why they're like, Man. yeah. But like they could have, some IMDb nerd could have written it down for me. How dare you? Not a nerd. <laughs> Connor, what are your, your sharps? I have the same sharps. So for the sake of not being repetitive, I won't say them again. But I do want to say once more that I was so gagged by Eric Dane and Ellen Pompeo's singing voices. I don't know why, but I love when people sing how they speak <laughs> for some reason. And they really... They do. It, it was cute to me because I know they're not singers. So I thought it was like endearing and charming. And um, I mean, the story, Sara Ramirez, come on. I mean, that is a showstopper. I I had full body chills watching it. I'm yeah. going to agree with you with Sara Ramirez because they strapped the show back to uh, onto their back and they were like, got it. We're doing this. <laughs> mm-hmm. They carried that this episode. And they carried very well. While being, you know, half a half a, alive for half mm-hmm. a, for the majority of it, um, I also am sharpening the harmonies because I know a lot of the songs. It's like a one person, like a soloist, is singing it. So um, 
And I wrote that down for chasing cars when it's the three of them yes. singing. And I was just like, yes, yes, ma'am. Yes. All of this. Uh, I'm also sharpening Karev's singing voice because that was a surprise to me. Uh, as well as Ellen Pompeo was like, I didn't know she could sing. Yeah. Good kudos to them. And then there's one specific moment I'm sharpening <laughs> in the episode. And it's the shots of Callie on um, on her way to the OR. I forget yes. which song it yes. is, but mm-hmm. like, I think it's Grace. Mm-hmm. I think the song is Grace, where her astral form is singing while like her body is on the girt. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful. I don't care. I, I loved it. And then uh-huh. the, like the astral forum is then on the gurney and they lift her up. Oh, it's, no, they're hitting I me agree. over the head with the metaphor and I'm okay with it. And I'm mm-hmm. here for it. Iconic. <laughs> I agree. The harmonies were great. I will agree with you. I will sharp the harmonies in grace because Sarah Drew, also a much maligned character on the show. Um, she did some lovely harmonies in that number. And then I think also in Wait, there were like uh, the three other women playing back, doing background Yeah, Sarah vocals. Drew was in that one too. Mm-hmm. Per- beautifully done. Mm-hmm. Be- I, you know, as somebody who loves, I, I, are you ready for this? As somebody who openly loves Riverdale, especially the musical episodes, them doing harmonies doesn't really exist. Mm-hmm. So to hear harmonies on a program that isn't <laughs> musical based is fucking phenomenal to me yeah um that's a really lovely thing to note i agree with you yeah uh okay so every once in a while i have what i like to call a natural which is neither a sharp nor a flat it's just something else that i need to talk about and highlight (laughs) and that is the lead up to breathe like i have a weird love hate about it i again i saw it twice today for you for this recording and (laughs) The fact that they're like, everyone just chill and breathe. And then what's her name starts singing it. I was like, are you kidding? Guys, come on. (laughs) I know. I think that it was an awkward transition. Glee does things better and that's Mm -hmm. saying something. (laughs) Yes, she should have just started singing. Like it should have just, the camera should have just followed her down a hallway or something. And she should have just started singing. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. And like that one also is another one that I understand at least the beginning of the song for like shown to the audience because Callie's body is present and this woman is now singing breathe and everything. So I get at least what was the just cause for that song, but like, yeah. And I did like the song. I'm not going to lie. I did like it, but yeah, the lead up to it was a little weird and clunky. Um, Okay flats does anyone have flats first of all because i have a, I have some i found some I, have I i do i don't love the running on sunshine moment it really it feels too cheesy <laughs> they leaned in really they did um i wrote down sloan's first line because of the episode where it's him being an asshole kind of um i don't like sara ramirez's nor ellen pompeo's hair agree yeah. I, choices my, were my, made one of my flats is sara ramirez's outfit mm, yeah just like a bloppy gray like she just looks like a soccer mom yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's not Callie's style at all 
No. And then I also just wrote the jarring cuts in the story when it's just like Sato Ramirez uh, on screen and they just like shift, they cut to the same thing. And I'm like, why? (laughs) It felt like a 90s music video. I think that must've been a choice. Mm. Any other sharps, flats, naturals? My my other flat is, well, I already said how we operate with my flat. My other flat was the appearance of actress Rachel Taylor, who viewers will know from Jessica Jones and the ill-fated Charlie's Angels reboot series. She left this. She was the the neonatal doctor who okay. didn't know how to save so the, the baby. And she's hooking up with Karev. They're like a couple in this. Got it. Yes. And they were finally giving him a story, a love storyline post Izzy that felt worth it. And then the actress booked another job and she had to leave the show. Yeah. And but prior to this episode, she wasn't even in a few of the episodes, if I remember. She reappeared for this episode. And then weird. they kind of had her get told off by addison and it was just like a weird played by Kay walsh and it was just a really clunky moment and the character is so forgettable that unless you watch this episode you would never remember that she existed in the greatest universe and i wish they would have given that moment or that that spotlight on one of the other characters like like addison uh dylan i know you have to go unfortunately but uh real quick what would would you add any of the songs from this episode to your life's playlist absolutely how to save a life and uh, the story. Nice. I would I would add those and I would add breathe, even though I don't love her vocals all the time. I still think it's a sleigh at the end of the day. And Connor, to build off of you, I, I those three plus chasing cars. Oh yeah, they yes. made that song tolerable for me. <laughs> yeah, and if you are a Grey's view- viewer, you will know that song has been repurposed so many times on this show. It three. is crazy. This is the second out of three times it's, it was okay. on it. Because apparently yeah. it's in like season nine or something like that. It um, is. They play it when Derek Shepard's taken off life support. Oh, no! Yeah. What? Listen, I'm going to spoil Buffy for you now. No. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you no, had okay. when you left the series. Well, no, I knew. But like, wow. Wow. Yeah. I sobbed my eyes out. Absolutely sobbed. Yeah. Oh god! This was so much fun. Thank you for having us again, John. This was, and this is actually the end of the episode. What do you both have to plug or promote? If you have, uh, Dylan, if you have to go, I have to go, but I'll stick around just to say you should follow us at the Drama Podcast, where you can see the types of guests that we have. We are a theater and pop culture podcast. Much of what we talked about today is sort of the way that our podcast goes, but we usually chat with people who were in the things that we're talking about. So whether it's a musical, a TV series or something like that. So it's a really great time. I'm still waiting for my golden ticket. I know, I know. We'll figure out out a way to get you on one of our chat shows. Yes, and you can follow us at The Drama Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on my personal social media at Connor McDowell, Dylan on his personals at Dylan McDowell. Every Wednesday, we have a new episode. Nice. And then uh, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttersongpod. Tell me why you love Grey's Anatomy. Do you actually like this episode? I mean, I know people don't like it, and I want to hear why. Uh, and if you want to be part of next episode, well, there really isn't a topic, because it's episode 100, everyone, and we're going to be talking about theme songs. And Yay! making it to 100. That's such a huge milestone. It is! And I'm still going! <laughs> Yes, yes, never stop, never stop. To the um, next 100. Yeah, to we're honored to be number 99. Yes, yes, if only you guys were episode one, but like... 
I know. She's oh, awesome. awesome. yeah. We're all booked and blessed and everything. I know. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, especially to Dylan for staying longer than he should have. <laughs> thank, thank you, John. John. It was nice to see you. It was nice to see you guys. And until next time, have a great day, everyone. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast.